welcome everyone in this cyber security foundation course by infosec train my name is samit pandey right and we are currently in the fourth domain which is about cyber security you know about the cloud basics right so these are the topics that we are going to discuss today we are talking going to talk about virtualization in crowd we are going to tie you know going to talk about hypervisor different type of hypervisor we are going to talk about okay we are going to talk about dockers and containers cloud service providers right type of services you know provided by the cloud so we are going to talk about each and every one of it right so virtualization you know is a technology that enables right that you know that enables multiple virtual instances or hardware or software to you know run on a single piece of machine what it means let me tell you with an example so what really happens is that for example there is a you have like five pcs okay like you are a pen tester or somebody or you need five different operating system for work upon right you need so like for example you have five different operating system right and you need that five different operating system in some you have ubuntu in one you have linux in one you have windows xp in one you have windows 10 right so what is the thing definitely like you are want to practice or you want to teach somebody how to hack into one system so you're using one operating system one particular laptop and through that particular laptop or one operating system you are trying to access or hack into another machine right or your another laptop so the thing here is that laptop in place for that right and you for that particular laptop you want to hack into another laptop which you are having right so in order to have you know practice on all this and teach these things you have to maintain multiple machines right take care of this multiple machines as well right you have to take care of the linux systems of your windows xp right all of these things is that if you do this kind of things it would be an utter chaos right managing so many of your devices for like for your particular education or for your teaching right it's an completely an headache so what can happen here is that you can go for something which is called the virtualization so what really happens in virtualization is that you have a single piece of a machine okay in that particular single piece of a machine you have different kind of operating systems installed right just like let me draw it first and this yeah see right instead of having one of one is related to the uh linux right if you're not familiar with the linux linux is a kind of an operating system same like the ios and the windows and android okay linux is also this so this is the linux and this is your windows this is your you know os ios okay this is your ios and this is let's say your android okay so instead of having four different devices and you need to take care of them four different devices what you are doing is that you are having a particular machine this particular machine this box that i'm showing you inside that particular box you have four different operating system right it is quite easier as you know to handle it to maintain it right and if some issues arises you can easily handle it right so we have four different operating system here inside single machine it's quite easy for you to handle it if there is an issue you can you know, rectify it you can easily remove it right and install the new operating system there right without any chaos right 
So this is the power of what we call as the virtualization. As you go by the definition, it is written there that virtualization is a technology that enables multiple virtual instances, right? It kind of enables multiple virtual instances of your hardware software to run on a single physical machine. So mean that multiple virtual instances, it means multiple operating systems or hardware software, you have you only need one physical machine. Right, that's it. And what you can do is that you can install that multiple operating system inside that particular machine and you can use it. So instance of having five different laptops for my particular purpose, one for my Ubuntu, one for you know testing and Android and all this kind of thing, what I can do. I can install a software and inside that software, I can install the software in this particular machine from which I'm taking the session, right? I will be, uh, you know, there is multiple or uh, softwares are present in the market. So you will be installing the software in this particular machine or your respective machines, right? VMware is just an example of it. If you are not familiar with that, I'm going to show you that as well. So VMware is a thing. So what you will do you will install the vmware virtual machine okay it's kind of a virtual machine you will be installing into your respective pc and in that particular vmware what you will do is that you will be installing multiple operating system right okay and then you can play or do whatever you want to do with that and this is how virtualization really works right this it how it looks like now and you know, see, it's really saying virtualization allows for creation of virtual infrastructure that can be used to deliver resources such as computing power, storage, and networking. So all of that particular operating system, right, which are present inside that particular, you know, their software, right, they act separately. Remember this thing, right? They are not combining. They are, they will be separate entity. So if like there are five virtual machines, five operating system I have in that particular software, one is Linux, one is iOS, one is Android, one is Ubuntu, one is Kali, right? I can have the power of five operating system in one software. If I summarize you what the virtualization is that it is like having a five or six or how many operating system you want five operating system in one software, right? That's it. And these software are complete, you know, a separate entity. They are not mixed, right? So for the anything you do in your Linux would not be leaking out and going to your Windows operating systems. No, it will not, right? That's the beauty of this thing, okay? Again, it's very from vendor to vendor, which kind of software you're using. I will be showing you an example of something which is called the VMware. Okay, you have to pay for this particular thing. It will not be free of cost, right? But this is a kind of thing, right? This is kind of your virtualization. So give me a minute and let me start my VMware and let me show you how it looks like, right? This is how a virtualization is. In virtualization, you have a single software with the name of something we uh, we generally use that is called VMware. Okay, for showing any kind of a demonstration. So what we generally do is that in this particular VMware, we do is that we have an operating system in place, right? Okay, and what I kind of try you know show in my other uh, seminars or courses I show you that there is a kind of an exploit is present there in the Windows XP and you want to compromise that particular Windows XP, right? And you have, you are in your Linux. So 
you are installing this particular Linux as well as this with XP in a single software. That's it. All you need for virtualization is a single software. So how do you know uh, if you go to the background, how is the distribution is going to take place? So what is like, for example, whatever your hardware configuration is, right? Whatever your hardware configuration is, what you can do is that. Like, for example, this is your VMware. Okay, that particular VMware I'm talking about and it will be what you'll be doing is that upon it, you will be developing your operating system. So this will be your operating system. First, this will be your operating system. Second, whichever operating system you want multiple operating system. You can install multiple, right? I have installed 23 operating system inside this VMware. No issue with it, right? And what it will do, it will be lying upon something with your hardware of hardware of your particular PC. Like, for example, I am this particular machine is having 8 GB of RAM. Okay, this particular PC. So what I'll be doing is that this VMware would be definitely you will be installing this particular VMware over this particular laptop. And yeah, depending on your hardware configuration and you at least you need an 8 GB of it, right? Many of if you go through a multiple articles, it will be telling you that you need uh, 4 GB or 2 GB for this, uh, you know, VMware, but I would suggest that at least go for 8 GB. Okay. Why? Because see 8 GB of hardware configuration you have 8 GB of RAM you have and this VMware what we will be doing is that it will be dividing that 8 GB into two parts first for this 4 GB for this operating system to work and then another 4 GB for this operating system to work, right? This is it will be high, you know, dividing it. This is how it will be getting it. At least you should how many cores you need at least I would say I5, right? That's what my suggestion would be. Right. Otherwise, you will be your you know, it would be quite, quite lagging or hanging in between, right? Or you, you may face some kind of issue. So I would recommend at least five i5, okay, or above generation, or at least eight GB of RAM, DDR4, or if it's DDR5, even better, right? So this is called your virtualization, right? Now let's. Now let's topic is the hypervisor. So we have talked about the virtualization is kind of creating the virtual, you know, virtual operating system, right? Inside it. Okay. Inside a machine, inside a software, we are creating. Right? How network got virtualized from your machine. Okay. From your particular connection, from uh, your particular machine, your particular laptop, he will be getting the connection. Okay. This is how it gets. So, okay. So now this is the type of hypervisor we are getting. Hypervisor is that particular software, you know, which is going to act, you know, which is going to help you out in this particular thing of virtualization. So why hypervisor? See, okay, I'm going to explain you what an hypervisor is. Hypervisor is the software through which you are able to create these virtual machines, right? See, this is how it is. So there is hypervisor first and there is hypervisor second. So first I'm going to explain you what is an hypervisor second, right? You will be quite easily get it, uh, you know, quite you will be able to relate it to it, right? What is hypervisor second? So this is some third. There are three things you need to understand. First is your hardware, okay? Your laptop or a PC, whatever the hardware configuration would be. Then there is operating system above it. Definitely some kind of operating system you have installed over it. And then there it would be 
hypervisor hypervisor is a software okay like any other software like we have vlc media player for watching movies watching web series right it is kind of a software we have like we have you know different like we have powerpoint presentation we have you know notepad we have google chrome right we have multiple software in place for doing different kind of things hypervisor is also a kind of an operate you know software which we install over this operating system okay and what it does is that why what's the right so it's an so how would it help us right what's the use of this hypervisor what is the use of this particular software so what is happening here is that we have two you know operating systems in place these are two different operating systems system that you are seeing this one as well as this one there are two operating system in place okay this one as well as this one so what is happening is that a hypervisor lets you install multiple operating system this particular operating see we are saying here a box with an app and os this one you can say it's windows 7 at the same time this another one is called your kali linux okay this is another operating system so hypervisor what it does is that it lets you have or install two operating system at a single time. So these two operating systems are installed in the hypervisor. Hypervisor is installed in the operating system and operating system installed, you know, over the hardware, right? And whatever the hardware configuration you would be having like a 5 GB or 10 GB of RAM or i5 or i7 or i9 or whatever generation you have, that would be, you know, this hypervisor would be breaking it down and dividing particular that thing in this okay that's it right that's for sure so that's the role of the hypervisor it breaks down your you know whatever the configuration of your hardware is and it lets you install multiple operating system which you can use right and you can play with the, those multiple operating systems okay and your based that particular base operating system remains intact so what is the thing is that if you are using this hypervisor the software anything you will be doing it like many people what they do they kind of they want to study the ransomware they want to study the malware different kind of viruses so what they do is that they kind of you know install a kind of a virus or malware by intentionally in order to understand it understand its behavior its pattern how it works what kind of file does it affect all those kind of things so they will be doing it they will be first installing a hypervisor and then they will be installing that particular software in you know that particular virus inside the hypervisor okay so definitely what it does is that the virus would not be able to escape the hypervisor right and it will not leak out to your base operating system like the base operating system for my particular this is windows 10 so high whatever virus i would be using ransomware i would be using it will not be leaking out of the hypervisor and my system is protected and i'm easily able to read and calculate and analyze that particular virus right and i can create a report right that's a thing okay so we have so this is your second hypervisor okay this is your second hypervisor the normal hypervisor which we can use there is another kind of an hypervisor which is called hypervisor first okay which is also called bare metal hypervisor okay and this is particularly used at the enterprise level at an organization level it is quietly used not for a personal use but 
for an organization it will be used so what difference that you see between hypervisor first and hypervisor second the difference is first difference is that of the operating system this hypervisor first does not need an operating system the question arises why why do not this hypervisor needed it right but first we need to understand what if there is an operating system what kind of problem that could occur so okay so let's go back to hypervisor to once again and we have in here an operating system right and definitely over the uh, operating system you have installed hypervisor and inside the hypervisor you have multiple operating system in place okay now to suppose there is some kind of a ransomware attack there is some kind of you know virus attack or any other kind of attack over this operating system right there is some kind of an attack going on over this system so what will happen this operating system due to anything this operating system failed right and it's not able to work properly and this operating system gets corrupted right it's not able to work properly it's get corrupted so what is going to happen here is this this if this operating system fails to open or work or boot up so definitely this hypervisor would also collapse with it right and same is this of this will also collapse with it so the operating system will collapse the hypervisor would collapse as well as the operating system over it and all the setting and all the content that you have stored in that particular respective operating system would also collapse so that's not the thing that we need in an organization so what we do did was that we came up with a solution with the thing which is called hypervisor one which is specifically designed for the organization right this is the thing so here what we do uh, we did is that we remove the operating system so we have here the hardware okay how hardware configuration i5 i6 sorry i5 i7 i9 whatever generation you want right or uh, you know graphic card 8 gb 9 gb anything right that hardware configuration you have then you have above it is the hypervisor okay above it is a hypervisor and above it you have the operating system okay so definitely you do not have the operating system so that is you know the possibility that the operating system would collapse and everything with collapse you know will collapse with it it's gone right that's a thing so that's an advantage that's a benefit that you can get in this particular hypervisor first okay and another benefit another very very critical benefit that you will get in hypervisor first which is you will not get in hypervisor 2 is that hypervisor first is you know it's provide something which is called the clustering right something which is called the name of clustering so what is a clustering in clustering what it does do is that you know which is also called the vm version as well clustering and the vm motion so what it does is that if something happens right if something there is if there is any some kind of a failure right if there is some kind of failure what you can do is that you can move this operating systems which are working which you have installed in this particular operating system what you can do is that you can in a running state you can transport them to an another op, you know hypervisor that's a thing right you can take this operating systems and what you can do is that you can install you know you can install this or take this into another right and you can install it there that's the thing you will be getting at the type of hypervisor okay this is the advantage we have over that type of you know 
type of one hypervisor clustering is a process where what you would do is that if like in is a process which is only or kind of a feature which is available in type one hypervisor what happens in the clustering is that let's say there is some kind of a hardware failure is there or you think that okay some kind of hardware failure is going to happen what you can do or the hypervisor is not working properly so definitely some kind of operating system you have already installed like in the example you are seeing two operating system installed over the hypervisor what you will do is that you will take the both the hypervisor and in the running stage okay you will be transporting them to another hypervisor of different machine right that's kind of a feature which help you know is present in type 1 hypervisor this kind of thing with the hypervisor first as well as in the hypervisor second right and definitely the features which are present in the hypervisor first it's kind of shows that it is completely you know dedicated for the organization level and definitely it's an expensive as well right that's the thing so this is the architecture that you have seen right in front of your screen is a architecture of the container as well as i have shown of the virtual machines right so container you know is a lightweight standalone and executable software package that includes everything needed to run an application right including code library systems tools and runtime right so what it does that it you know the containers provide a standardized and consistent way to package distribute and run software across multiple different computing networks including you know development testing and production environment so what really happens in the container is that it's just like the vmware some of the okay yeah see let's see this particular architecture and you will be easily able to understand what is the container and how it looks like right so first of all you this see the light, light container is a lightweight standalone executable of software package that includes everything you need to run an application okay that it's what's for so what happens in the container part in the container part see everything it's depending at the base is the infrastructure same as with the virtual machine okay whether it's hypervisor one or hypervisor two whatever it's it is because i'm not going to hear about it but at the end in the virtual machine the infrastructure is just the same the hardware configuration same is here in the container as well the hardware configuration okay now above this hardware configuration we have something as something with the operating system and the virtual machine we are also having the operating system as well right now what really happens in this particular thing is that now we have two above the operating system in the virtualization we have hypervisor which i explained you hypervisor one and hypervisor two right we have this kind of thing but in the cloud this container we do not have any kind of an hypervisor we need something which is called the docker engine right a docker which kind of helps you in deploying this container that is your docker okay so that is the kind of thing which will be available and over that you can do it you can deploy multiple applications you can deploy application a application b application c and application d right this kind of application you can deploy over the docker engine right and this is your hypervisor so what is here happening here is that in the hypervisor if you go to the vmware in the hypervisor you will be seeing vmware one type of op, you know operating system and another type of operating system is present there okay Two type of different operating system is present there with their guest operating system as well. But in the container, you are not going to see any guest operating system. You are going to see an operating system. That's it. And in that operating system, definitely a Docker engine would be installed. Fine. And over that, the application which you want to run, 
you will be needing it right so that's why it's in the definition it is written containers is a lightweight standalone and executable software package that includes everything to run an application right including code libraries system tools runtime everything okay so this is the basic overview about the containers vmware and the hypervisor right okay so now the question arises what is a docker see a docker is a platform for developing packaging you know and distributing running application in the container so what are the can you know information or you know uh, what are the things you want inside the container kind of developer helps you in sorry dockers help you in con creating that particular container so what i mean is, is that what you will do is you need a docker and this particular docker will helps you in creating the containers right and what you can do is that inside this container you can run the applications inside this container so docker really helps you in developing or you can say creating the containers right okay that's the thing and inside the container what you can do is that you can run an application all this kind of thing right this is in very short and layman language this is the container sorry this is the docker okay and dockers helps you in creating the container right now let's talk about different type of cloud service providers in the market we are having multiple cloud service provider okay which are present so what we are going to do is that we are going to talk about them each one one by one right that's the thing so now we are going to talk about cloud service provider so the first kind of cloud service provider or the vendor we have which is called the aws by the amazon right so as the definition says aws stand for amazon web service which is a cloud computing platform that provides wide range of services to help customer build deploy and manage application services in the cloud right so you know first of all you need to remember this thing is that this aws is provided by the amazon okay the parent organization which is responsible for this aws is the you know amazon right so now what is going to happen here is this that this particular aws is the leading provider okay and as well as the pioneer so it started in 2006 right the aws it was one of the first organization that started the service of cloud computing and it was started in 2006 and the thing about this AWS is that from 2006, it is the leading provider, right? It still holds 50 to 60% of the market, right? Till date. Definitely new pay, you know, our players have entered the market, but still AWS holds 50 to 60% of the global market of you know the cloud, right? This is the thing about the AWS. And Definitely, you know, they at least previous year in 2022, they have a revenue of 20 billion the from just from AWS, right? So that's a huge thing. And it shows that many, you know, as the penetration of, in, you know, penetration of internet is increasing, right? And it is reaching to the ruler part of the India. So what is happening is that more and more people are using, you know, services and organization are shifting towards the cloud platform right so definitely it's a big thing so this aws is a leading right and he is a leader 
in the cloud and still hold 50 to 60 percent of the market now let's go to the next part which is called next provider which is your azure so azure is azure right is a, again is a cloud computing platform provided by the microsoft like the aws right was provided by the amazon azure is provided by the microsoft right remember this thing and definitely recently there was a news like there's a platform with the name gpt okay so what was happening is that gpt so microsoft announced that they will be you know in that particular open AI organization which is you know is going to deal with this an organization with the name of open ai okay which is kind of an organization which uh, handles this gpt and amazon and microsoft has said that they were going to invest 10 billion into this uh, you know open ai and the gpt part it's a kind of an artificial intelligence which really helps you in you know if you are asking for any kind of a thing it really helps you in that okay and it you know if you ask any kind of a question or say to you know create an essay or an article it will be providing you with it right so definitely it will be provided definitely like that uh because microsoft is the organization which is going to you know uh invest 10 billion in the open ai and definitely this feature particularly related to the gpt is going to come in the azure part as well so this is the thing spread so multiple features or multiple services are going to come in the azure which is feature you know which will be uh having ai features so what you need to do is that you will be just typing or the microsoft is going to invest in the open ai and definitely this gpt this artificial intelligence thing presence is also going to come in the azure part as well so you will be doing a lot of things with this azure part right okay so now the second kind of provider is your gcp right and definitely gcp stand for google cloud platform and it has been provided by the google right so if i tell you who is a leading you know vendor the first is aws right the first is your aws the second is your azure right the second is your azure and the third is your gcp right these three are the leading vendors right there are multiple there is alibaba there is oracle all those things there are are there but we are going to in this particular session we are only going to discuss about aws azure and gcp there are multiple multiple like oracle is, is also there like alibaba is also there right multiple other vendors are also present there so this gcp is provided by the google right so as it's written here gcp offers a wide range of cloud services that allow customer to build deploy and manage application and services in the cloud right so definitely gcp provides several computer services like compute engine app engine kubernetes engine right all these type of things the gcp provides okay 
so many of the my you know students really ask me that so which one is the best whether aws is best azure is best or the gcp is best which one of the cloud provider this out of these three leaders which one is the best if the ultimate one right if definitely my organization cannot work on the three because it would be labor ex, you know it would be uh, definitely uh, costing a lot using all the three cloud providers so we only want to use one what you would recommend the answer is that you should not you know uh, no cloud provider is perfect neither the aws is perfect neither the azure or the gcp this kind of thing this particular thing you need to keep in mind when you are selecting for yourself as well as for your organization any kind of cloud platform right Dep so how would you select so it completely depends upon your requirement it's completely and completely depends upon your requirement which kind of things you need right upon what kind of requirement you are having do upon based upon that you are going to have right you're going to select it so if your requirement suits aws go with it if your requirement suits is you know azure go with that or if your requirement suits gcp go with that right based upon your requirement you are going to choose your you know this cloud provider right now let's talk about type of services which are provided by the cloud right so what are the services which are provided by the cloud so here i am going to discuss about type of services which are provided specifically by the aws right so the first services which is provided by the cloud is like the compute services multiple type of services are present there i you know uh, in azure aws only more than 300 services are present okay so what is happening here is this in the azure sorry in the aws more than 300 services are present so he does not need to learn about each and every out of the 300 you does not need to learn every bit of it what you will do is that what we mostly do is that based upon services what kind of thing it will be performing we break down the services right some of the services would be used for data you know for databases some of the services for use for ai and machine learning some of the services would be for computing services right all these kind of thing we kind of break down so first is the compute services why we are talking specifically in the context of aws right this is it okay so let's go so compute services so compute services in aws see it refers to the services that allow customer to run their application and workload in the cloud right so the aws pro provides a variety of computer services to meet different need and requirement including amazon ec2 right which is also called amazon elastic cloud it's a very famous services right in the compute services this one this ec2 is a very very famous and this is a kind of a service which is present in the aws from the beginning right and a very very crucial one so why i'm saying it's very crucial this particular service amazon elastic compute cloud ec2 why because it really helps you in deploying the server right in the language of aws we call them instant the server in the aws are called the instant right that's it just a fancy name nothing else okay no difference is there that's it so if you want to deploy a server in the aws what you will you will be needing this something service which is called the ec2 
through with the help of the service with the ec2 elastic compute cloud what you are going to do is that you are going to deploy a server okay and you have a control over the operating system of the server you have the control over the hardware configuration of the server definitely what is the hardware configuration whether the hardware the server that you are going to create how much of a core of you know the cpu should be there how much is the ram should be there what should be the graphic card would be all those kind of things you are going to be using definitely whatever things you will be using you are going to be charged for that higher the configuration you know uh definitely bigger the, the charge would be and you have to pay for that but again if you are ready to pay for it no problem with it you will see multiple hardware configuration and you can choose any and same with the operating system you can choose the operating system of this particular respective server as well what is the you know what would be the operating system so if, for example if this is the server let's say a server a okay so you can choose the operating system whatever the operating system would be the like windows xp okay uh, windows or linux right or ios whichever operating system you want you can choose for this respective server as well as you can choose the hardware configuration this is only possible through this particular service which is named amazon elastic compute cloud ec2 right it's kind of providing you complete control over how you are deploying it where you are deploying and all those kind of thing you can even control where you are going to deploy this because there are multiple regions which are present in the aws which i will be showing you tomorrow how the aws architecture really looks like right so multiple regions are present there and you can control where you want to deploy this particular server so there would be a region with the name singapore there would be a region with the name of you know north virginia like tokyo so based upon your client requirement based upon your business requirement or based upon your particular requirement you can deploy the server in that specific region okay that is so that all of these powers really comes from one type of service with this con amazon elastic compute cloud it's kind of see here it is written it's this web service that provide resizable computing capacity in the cloud it really helps you in deploying servers in the cloud right you can create server you can delete server you can stop server all of the and multiple other things are there multiple other things are there you can do and play with this thing which is called elastic compute cloud right multiple things are there which you can play through it right that is the elastic compute cloud now let's in the compute services we are going to in another service which is called aws elastic beanstalk right so in elastic beanstalk what really happens is that in elastic beanstalk yesterday i told you about pass platform as a service right so in the plans i told you that there are multiple in a, you know infrastructure there are multiple things there there is network there is storage there is server all of these these kind of things are there but in the pass model we only worry about two things application and the code so and i told you an example that this elastic beanstalk is the example of the pass model why because 
if you are using elastic beanstalk you does not need to worry about anything else you does not need to worry about the storage you does not need to worry about the network you does not need to worry about you know anything you does not need to worry about anything in the aws elastic beanstalk what really happens is that you only focus upon your code that's it you only focus upon your code as well as upon your application the rest of the thing like the storage the network right the services the operating system if there is any kind of a vulnerability which is present in the operating system okay the patching of the one you know uh, patching of the uh, operating system okay if there is any kind of a bug all of these kind of things is the headache of the cloud service provider you it's not your particular headache it's the headache of the cloud provider right that in the elastic beanstalk we only care about the code right and the application that's it right that's the example that's why it was the example of the pass platform as a service model okay that what it is okay right now there's a third service in the cloud compute service which is called aws lambda okay so this is kind of a logo of it lambda you will be seeing it right yeah this is how it looks like now in aws lambda what really happens is that it is a kind of a service where you what you do the piece of a code right this is a kind of a code or a service which will only execute when there is a trigger right there would be a trigger and that particular trigger would only work you know when that particular things happens that particular there is a trigger then only that particular piece of code or service would you know run and not other than that right for example like there is a smoke detector okay smoke detector in your house or in your particular office right so it's keep there it's like your trigger okay it's type of analyzing and keep on analyzing if there is any kind of fire or not the moment that particular smoke sensor detects that there is a fire it's you know it's kind of a trigger so it it's you know in response it sends a message to all those water pipe that start sprinkling water all over the you know this office right that's what starts sending right that's what happens in aws lambda you send a piece of a code or services there and there's a trigger attached to it the moment there is a trigger happens the service starts to run okay that what's happened in aws lambda fine okay now let's move back now let's move ahead to a next service which is called the aws batch right in the compute cloud only in the compute services we have another one which is called aws batch and another one is called the amazon lightning so in aws batch service what happens this is fully managed service that allows customer to run batch computing workload on aws cloud right and there's another which is called amazon light snail so this is an easy to use virtual private server vps server that provides simple use so if you are not much familiar with aws platform i would request you that you start your journey with this particular server service amazon light snail it is definitely graphic oriented right very simple not many much of a complication is there very very simple right and just within two three clicks and easily you can deploy server so not many you know variety or options are there only two three options are there and it's very simple okay 
lot of graphical thing is there so it's quite easy for you to understand it as well as deploy right that is the power of amazon lightning okay we talk about something in the cloud about storage services so we have talked about compute services now we are going to talk about the storage services which are present so storage service in aws refers to the services that allows customers to store and manage their data in the cloud so whatever the information that you want to store it is kind of store in this particular service right in this particular service okay so aws pride provides a variety of services to meet your different need requirement the first is amazon simple storage service which is also called as s3 right remember this thing s3 it's a very very important service same as ec2 was very important service in the context of creating a you know instance or a server same is the s3 right okay so s3 so it is you know it is a scalable object service object means files and folder that's it right again it's again another fancy name by the aws like instance sorry the server were called the instance right the files and folders are called the object that's it nothing else no, no difference in that okay that's it so in this thing so it is yeah it is scalable object storage service right it allows customers to store and retrieve any amount of data from anywhere in the world in the web so what you can do is that first in the s3 what you do you would do is that you create a bucket okay in the next session i will be showing that as well to you all guys that what how the bucket looks like but you have to think like it's a bucket which will be created or a kind of a drive that in your pc definitely you have a drive and inside the drive you have multiple folders so definitely what you do is that first you create a drive which is also called your bucket right inside that particular drive what you do is that you create folders files and all those kind of thing the object okay and definitely the size is unlimited unlimited information you can keep inside a bucket but remember thing this thing guys you have to pay for that more information that the more information that you keep inside a bucket the more charges there would be and right so keep that particular thing in mind okay that's your aws s3 and from anywhere in the world you can retrieve it right that's a thing you can access this information it's kind of a google drive but with better security and better function and definitely this particular s3 is with the objective of keeping uh, you know fulfilling the requirement of an organization so it's kind of a google drive for the organization with better security and better control over the location and better control over the data right that is your amazon s3 now there is another service which is called elastic block store again again very fancy word elastic block store it's ebs elastic block store you can compare it with your hard disk or your pen drive whichever hard disk your hdd or ssd or and your pen drive right hard disk or your pen drive you can compare it with that right okay so remember that particular thing so it again this is a block storage service that provide persistence block level storage volume for the use with the amazon ec2 instance so what you can do is that anything in, it is kind of attached to a server 
right this particular ebs and any information that you will be you know generating or processing in the server it is kind of stored in the ebs okay that's the thing and what you can do is there are multiple properties of this ebs what you can also do is that you can attach this ebs to any server right you can detach them with some server okay, let me draw it here for you to easily understand anything happening in this particular server it is been stored in this particular volume as i have told you this particular ebs is kind of your storage right so it's storing there and there is another server with the server name b and what will happen here is that like for example a has done its task and it's storing its information in the this particular ebs then it will be going to this b and it will be attaching with it right that's it. so how this is how the, you can share your information as well but you have to keep this thing in mind in ebs we store our information it's kind of if you want to recall you know remember it it is kind of a hard disk as well as your pen drive okay this is what the ebs is all about right then we have something with the name of aws snowball family right so this is you know collection of physical devices and services that allows customers to transfer large amount of data into and out of the cloud into the aws cloud right so okay just give me a minute see guys this is your snowball in the aws context right this is how it looks like right this is the image of it right so what happens in this particularly right snowball is petabyte scale data transfer service that enables customers to transfer large amount of data in and out of the aws cloud it really helps you in transferring a lot of information in and out of the system so for example like in your organization you are having like 10 gb or you can say 10 tb of information okay or even more than that let's see let's for this particular example let's say an example of 10 tb and definitely if you are creating the 10 tb of a data in a day in your particular system and then for the you know for a backup you are storing that particular thing in a cloud right so that uh, any kind of a disaster you could be able to recover it or share that particular thing with your colleagues or with your client right 10 tb of a data so definitely think how much time would it take from your particular respective PC to download, or you can say, up, you know, upload that particular thing over the cloud, whether in the AWS, 10 TB. 10 TB of data you have to upload from your particular device machine to the cloud. Definitely a lot of time it will take. And definitely as the size of the data would increase, so would the time duration would it take more, right? The time duration will also increase for it, right? That's it, 10 TB. So to resolve this kind of an issue, what the AWS come with, it came with something which is called the AWS Snowball. What really happens in the AWS Snowfall, let me tell you. So this is particularly your PC or a server which is having 10 TB of data. What will happen here is that AW, you will be calling the AWS, AWS will be sending you the Snowball this particular device you are seeing right now in front of you is AWS Snowball. This you will be seeing that you will be keeping in your particular desk. It will be through cables attaching to your particular server and it will be, you know, with high speed, it will be downloading 
all the information inside itself okay and inside itself it will be downloading within few minutes it will be completely downloading it right it's it's very fast then what will be doing that after the 10 tb of data has been downloaded over this particular snowball then you will be detaching the snowball and then to save container definitely it will be having this 10 tb of data and it will be going there and then it will be detaching attaching it to the server in the aws or the cloud and it will be uploading it right that's how the snowball works it's kind of a middleman in between right and definitely it makes the process much much faster and definitely what you can do is that you can ask the aws for more than one if you think that okay i want five snowballs this particular devices which is provided by a manufacturer and maintained by aws i will be asking them and they will provide you definitely there would be some charge for that as well but your job would be done definitely for sure your data transfer would be done no problem with that okay that's it that is what the aws snowball is a very very interesting you know services which is provided by the aws okay so this is how the snowball aws snowball looks like right so now guys let's move to our next topic which is database services right now let's talk about data services so we have talked about clouds compute services we have talked about your know, storage services now let's talk about database services right so database services in aws refers to the services that allows customer to manage their you know relational or non-relational database in the cloud so aws provides a variety of database services to meet different need and requirement right let's say so what are the services present in the you know aws which deals with the databases the first is first and the famous one is amazon relational database service which is also called as your rds so this is the managed database service that make it easy to set up operate and scale to a relational database in the cloud so the rds relational database service supports popular database engines such as mysql post you know postgresql and oracle or multiple others right that's what it does now the second one is amazon DynamoDB. okay this is another kind of a service which is present in your database service so amazon DynamoDB, what it does it is a full-fledged no sql database service that kind of provide you with a fast and a predictable performance and seamless scalability right that is the power of this DynamoDB. then there is another third one which is provided by the amazon which is called amazon document db right this is kind of by the amazon so this is full managed computer document database service that provide mongodb compatible database instance okay now let's talk about networking services so in the networking service in aws right it refers to the services that allow customer to securely connect their resources and workload in the cloud so aws you know what it does is that AWS kind of provide a variety of networking services to meet different need and requirement, right? That is your networking something. Okay, so multiple services are present in the AWS, which deals with the networking thing. 
like the Amazon Virtual Private Cloud, which is dealing with the VPC. There is AWS Direct Connect. So what happens to the VPC? Let me tell you just an overview about the VPC part. So VPC, right, it's kind of a logical isolation of virtual networks. So what we're we'll doing is that inside the AWS infrastructure, the AWS kind of gives, give us the capacity to, you know, create our own infrastructure inside the AWS infrastructure, right? That's the thing which we see, which is called the VPC. It's a very, very complex topic, but I'm just giving, you know, just giving you an overview about it. So what happens in this particular VPC is that it's kind of an isolated virtual network inside that particular AWS, right? Whatever you do, uh, wherever you can do anything, you can create your own server, right? Can, you can attach them together. You can host any, you know, web server there and you know, connect to the rest of the world. And when any person sitting over the internet can come and access this particular thing. So all these kind of things are there, right? So this is how the VPC is. So this is kind of also service, which is provided by the AWS and it comes under the networking service. Then there is something which is called AWS direct connect, right? So this is a dedicated network connection that allows customers to establish a dedicated network connection from, you know, on premises data center to the AWS. Right. This is your AWS direct connect. After that, we have some services with the name of elastic load balancing. It's kind of a load balancer, right? That's what it do. It's kind of load balancer. So this service that automatically distribute incoming traffic into multiple target, right? So it's kind of a load balancer. So it's kind of distributes the traffic. So if any kind of a traffic is there, what this particular load balancer would be doing is that it will be distributing the upcoming traffic into multiple parts. So let's say example that this is a traffic which is coming and it's a huge traffic which is coming and there's a load balancer in between. So what, and there are two servers you have placed, server number one and server number two. So what will happen here is that this particular EL, Elastic load balancer, what we're doing is that the moment traffic reaches to this particular load balancer, it will be distributed. First, it will be going to this particular server one and then server two and three, you know, and this again to this one and then second. Let, so this way it will be keep on distributing equally the trap coming traffic or the users in the server number one and two, right? This is what elastic load balancing or ELB comes right. So it's here. It is written. This is service that automatically distribute incoming traffic across multiple like like a ECD instance, you know, containers and IP address, all those kind of things, right? So it's kind of distribute your traffic. Then there in the networking services, we have another one which is called Amazon Route 53, right? It is your DNS, if you right. It is your DNS, right? So this is highly available in scalable cloud domain name system, right? So it is your DNS of your AWS provided by the AWS, right? Service that translate domain name into IP address. So this is a job of the DNS. If you are not familiar with the job of the DNS, what the DNS does is that it tries to convert your domain name to your IP address. Okay. And it kind of convert your IP address to your domain name. Remember them, right? For example, when you type google.com, so computer does not understand what's a google.com, right? So what we will do is that it will be figuring out what's an IP address and then 
it will be going there, right? So what it what DNS does is that 3NS converts your this particular domain name into IP address and IP address into the domain name, right? This is what it does. And the DNS in the AWS is called Amazon Route 53. Okay, this is what it is. Now, there's another service in the networking, which is the Amazon VPC peering. So this is a service, you know, that allows customers to connect VPC within the same AWS net account, or you can say across different AWS accounts, right? So it's kind of service that, you know, allows to connect your particular VPC within the same account or with different AWS accounts, right? That is called a, a, uh, Amazon VPC peer. This is also a very important service, which is present in the networking. Right. Okay. So the first is Amazon Kinesis, right? So what is Amazon Kinesis? So it is a platform for streaming data on AWS that allows customers to collect, process, and analyze data in real time, right? So it helps you in collecting the data, all of all of your services in real time, right? Of collecting, processing, and analyzing the data in real time. Okay. That's what the Amazon Kinesis is. Then there's something which is called Amazon EMR. It is a full managed, right? Hadoop and Spark service that allows customers to run big data analysis framework on AWS. So it's kind of, you know, help you in analyzing the data, right? In short, Amazon ECR, what it does is that it really helps you in analyzing the data, right? That's what the Amazon ECR does. Now, now let's make, you know, talk about more machine learning services. Then we have, which is called Amazon Athena, right? So this is an interactive query service that allows, you know, to customers to analyze data in an S3 using standard SQL, right? This is an Athena. And then we have something which is called Amazon Redshift. So this is a full managed data, you know, this is full managed data warehouse service that's kind of provide fast query performance using standard SQL, okay? Right. So this is kind of a full managed database warehouse service that kind of provide your fast performance, right? Using your standard SQL, all those kind of things, right? That's called a redshift. Then we have something which is called Amazon Safe SageMaker. So this is the full managed service that provides developer and the data centers with the ability to build, train, and deploy machine learning models quickly and easily. Right? Like a GPT. It is also kind of a model there. Okay, with any kind of a task we will be providing him, it will be responding with something. So you can also use Amazon SageMaker to, you know, fully manage services that kind of provide, you know, that ability to the developers as well as the scientists to train those kind of models, right? And to build and deploy those kind of models. Okay, so you can use this Amazon SageMaker for those kind of things as well. Now we have something which is very interesting, which is called Amazon Recognition, right? So it says that it is full managed compute vision service that provides developers with the ability to easily add image and video analyze to the application. So what you will do is that you can easily analyze any kind of an image. Okay. If there is any kind of a photo or there is a, you know, kind of a boy is running. So what it will do is that it will kind of analyze it and will tell you that there is an, in this particular image boy is running. What it can also scan through that image. If you have, for example, five to six people in that particular respective image, what could happen? 
it will be analyzing that particular thing it will be you will be asking that to identify a man or a woman right with this much this character facial thing it will be analyzing that particular picture and based upon the analysis it will be providing with the results right so you can say it really helps you in analyzing the image and the video part right it really helps you if you are in a you know if you are working in an organization which kind of filter out any kind of a content which is very violent or where you know very much of violence is there so what it could do in that you can set it to analyze any kind of a footage or a video which deals with definitely it is kind of a you know using a lot of an ai and algorithm all those kind of thing but what is happening here is that it is and it will analyze all the images that you will be providing it that is there is any kind of a blood violence or a murder or a crime is there so it will be analyzing that and it will be sending you you know providing you with a report okay that what happens and what and definitely you can you know connect it with other types of services and those services you can set the setting that when this particular condition is met when this particular amazon recognition identify any kind of an image okay that it says that it's harmful what you will do you kind of say to that particular several xyz that delete it okay that's the thing what happens in amazon recognition it's a very very important thing okay so that's the thing it really helps you in analyzing your particular respective image as well as particularly your video part right and definitely it provide you with the data related to that particular thing as well now let's talk about application integration services right so application integration services in aws you know refers to the services that allows customers to integrate their application right and their services in the cloud without any aws or third party services right so it's kind of help you in kind of integrating your particular respective application which you have building right and the services right with the aws right that's fine so aws provides a variety of application integration services right and based upon your particular requirement your particular demand you can use whatever you want the first is amazon simple notification service which is called sns right amazon simple notification service right so this is what it, what it is it is a fully managed sort of managed messaging service that allows customer to send and receive message from different application services and systems so right this is what it does and there's another thing which is called amazon simple queue service which is also called as sqs right so this is a kind of a service which kind of fully manage messaging queuing services that allows customers to you know decouple and scale microservices distributed distributed systems and services applications then in the application integrated services we have another services with the name of aws steps function right so this is fully managed service that allows customer to coordinate with manage you know coordinate and you know manage multiple aws services and microservices in the serverless workflows okay it's helps you really helps you in managing the services right then there is aws appsync this is fully managed service that allows customer to build and deploy graphical ql api quickly and easily right so it you 
with this particular AWS app saying what you can do is that you can generate API, right? Graphical API quickly and very easily. Then we have something which is called Amazon event bridge, event bridge. So this is kind of, again, fully managed event uh, servers, right? That, you know, allows the customer to integrate the application and service using particular events, right? So through some events, you can be easily able to integrate the, your application and your services. Then we have another service in this application integration catalog with the name of Amazon MQ. So this is managed message broker service for Apache Activate MQ that makes it easy to set up and operate, you know, message broker in the cloud, right? Now, Let's talk about cloud compute security. Okay. The next topic we are going to discuss is cloud compute security. So the cloud compute security, you know, it's, it's kind of a protection of your data, of your application. Okay. And your infrastructure in the cloud environment. So as more organization move their application and their data, the, you know, the importance of the cloud computing security increases to protect against cyber threats, such as data breach, denial of service attack and malware attack. So definitely there are multiple services in place, which helps the particular person in, you know, uh, resolving any kind of an issue or protecting the data. For example, there is an S3. Okay. S3, I have told you, I have told you about the bucket, right? And yes, tomorrow I will be kind of showing you a hands-on practical with it. Yeah. So there is a kind of an S3 is present there. And what you will do is that in that particular S3, you will be inserting your particular database. And in that particular database, you have features for encryption. You can use encryption features and block and you know, encrypt that particular file or object, right? And till the time you does not provide that uh, proper authentication, it will not be decrypted. Okay. And this kind of feature is very good, right? So we have this thing which kind of, you know, provide security in the, this particular cloud, we have things which kind of provide security. There's another thing which is called the IA, right? Which also, you know, pumps up the security of your particular cloud. IAM, IAM stands for identity and access management. It really means that it kinds of identify, right? If you break it down, this IAM identify and access management, Okay, this is the identity and the access management. Identity and access management. So it means is that there is some kind of resources have present there. And what you are doing is that you are identifying and providing access. First, you are identifying that particular respective person and then identify, you know, providing them access. If you find that, okay, this particular person is a genuine person. Right. And you identifying that particular person. And then what you will be doing that providing access to that particular person. Okay. That's it. And you are managing that you are completely managing that particular thing is called the IAM. For example, in your particular respective organization, definitely there are, let's say two people. Okay. Let's say there are three people. Okay. Out of these three people, there is one particular person who is not belongs to who does not belongs to a particular organization. These first, second, and third 
uh, are there first and third belongs to your organization and second does not so how would you verify them right definitely this is particularly your entrance of your organization how would you verify that which particular persons belong to you know the organization or not for that we have something which is called the iam identity and access management definitely some kind of resources would be there in organization so you what you will do you will provide a kind of a security card to each and every particular person so definitely this is a wrong rogue person he would not have any kind of uh, you know this kind of thing he would not be having so let's move it and both these individuals would be having this respective card so the first would be coming right at the gate and he would be swiping his card definitely here would be some kind of a database of the organization in the, in the database there would be identified that this particular xyz is present okay with this name this is his you know um this is the name of it this is a special recognition all these kind of things would be there it will be going to the database it will be verifying it will be identifying and then based upon the identification he will be authorized and the gate would be opened and this particular person would come right so first what we are doing we are identifying that whether that particular person who really wants to come into our organization whether that particular person is genuine or not or whether it's any kind of a thief or a rogue person right or whether it's an ex employee right so first what we do in this particular thing is first we identify right then we have something which is called access right definitely first we identify that particular person is you know genuine or not then what we do when we do something which is called the access then definitely based upon our you know policies we will be providing him the access okay but first you need to identify and to handle all to and manage to all these kind of things right when somebody visit your organization when somebody is new to your organization right when there is any kind of a breach accessing all these managing all these kind of things comes under iam identity and access management right in this iam identity and access management what you do is that it's also kind of you know security thing and what it does is that it's kind of help what you can do you can create user you can manage user you can delete user okay multiple things you can do with the iam right so this comes under the cloud compute security multiple things like encryption comes under it iam also comes under it iam by itself is a very very big topic guys right remember this thing so iam is a very big big topic right so that what it is